This is the Van Fam Podcast with your host, Zachary Van Buskirk, featuring special guests from around the world. Sit back, relax, and here is your host, Zachary Van Buskirk. And we're live. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the Van Fam Podcast. I'm your boy, Zachary Van Buskirk, and I am joined by a special guest, Joshua Chandra. Yes. Joshua uh, Chandra, that's me. Joshua Chandra, you were one of my freshman rooks last year. Yes, I was. I helped instruct you, help lead you, lead the way. Yes, your and guidance was really, really beneficial to us all. So I brought you along so we can talk about my leadership skills and a whole bunch of other things. We got a jam-packed show for all of y'all today. Uh, Helen, if you're listening to this, please get the studio ready to when I do come back from the tour. But other than that, Chandra... How excited are you to be on the podcast today? I'm, I'm thrilled. It's a pleasure to be here. It's always been a dream of mine to collaborate with you. Maybe if you're interested someday, we could work on a YouTube video together. We'll talk about it. I left right. YouTube. It's been kind of awkward since. Uh, how, when Tell did you get about that? Like, when, what happened to your YouTube career? Well, you know, the, the vlogging. Have you seen my vlogs? Yeah, I've seen, I've seen your vlogs. The vlogs became overwhelming after the second day, I think. You know, oh, when okay. it starts becoming fake right. and... You're not becoming this. You turn into something you're not. You're faking yourself. Okay. So I decided to leave YouTube and podcasts. I'm more authentic. So okay. I, are I you like, happy with where you are? I <laughs> this is. I feel like I'm interrogated here. Uh, yeah, I'm happy where I am. You know, this is a lot more natural. I'm having a good time. Okay. I got sponsors. I got listeners. You know, uh, YouTube. A lot of people ask me to come back to YouTube. It's kind of sad, but it's just sometimes people need to move on. I'm like the Beatles. Ah, John Lennon. Of course, I had to put, do the podcast right next to the elevator. So just ignore the noise if you can hear that. But how did you get into starting YouTube? So uh, I've been suffering from some form of crippling depression, and creating YouTube content has actually been a coping mechanism for me to, like, you know, find some sort of joy and happiness in my life by providing people with what I can't provide God. myself. That was actually a lot darker than I would thought it would go. You were coping with crippling depression. Yes, that is right. Has it helped? Oh, it, it's helped by plenty of measures. When did it start, the YouTube channel? You want to plug it real quick? Uh, oh, yeah. So um, I'm on YouTube. It's just Joshua Chandra. I'll spell it out. That's J-O-S-H-U-A space T-J-A-N-D-R-A, Joshua Chandra. Yeah, when I first saw your name as a rook, I was like, I don't know how the heck to pronounce that. Yeah, let's talk about that. So I could like make a three-minute video, honestly, just like butchering my name. So there's Chandra, there's Tahandra, there's TJ Andra. There's Tajandra, there's Chahandra. Do they say it correctly at your uh, in uh, Viet? Were you from Singapore, Vietnam? Uh, I lived in Singapore. Yes. Singapore. Do they say it correctly there? No. So it's just a weird name everywhere. Yes. In fact, um, I was in the Singaporean military, and when I went through MEPS there, they call it CMPB. It's like a in processing for everyone that's going into the military in Singapore. Uh, I went up to the final in processing station, and they told me, "Okay, so listen, um, we need to give you a name tag." But we have a policy. Um, your name, we just can't figure out how to pronounce it, and that's an issue. Like operations-wise, like it's just if someone needs to contact you, deficiency. So they told me to just put my first name as my name tag. So if you ever see me in my Singaporean number four uniform, it, it says just, Joshua. It says Joshua. Wow, they do that. If your name's hard to spell or yes, say, or pronounce, you'll it. go by your first yes. name. So you're Private Joshua. Well, I didn't have to. I had to give them consent, but they strongly recommend it. Because, you know, makes life easier. 
Yeah, for the people yelling at you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely for sure. But wow, that's actually pretty interesting. Uh, right? So compared to the Singaporean army and the U.S. army, if Singapore and the U.S. went to war, who's your? Where's your allegiance? Oh, okay. So it's obviously um, so, just so we know you're on the record. Yeah, on the record. I will. I will, I'm always red, white, and blue at heart. So you know. Is that also the Vietnam colors? No, the Vietnamese colors are yellow and red. Okay, well, as people say red, white, and blue, and they're, you know, from the UK sometimes. Oh. Okay, well, you know, um, I'm American-made. I was born here. Um, you know, I never felt like I really belonged, like, anywhere else. Like, I've moved around a lot. I lived in Canada, lived in, um, lived in Singapore, lived in Indonesia, lived in Hong Kong. And I've always been, oh, that's Josh. He's that American guy. So... Yeah, so it feels right being here. You know, you're willing to fight your friends and and who live in Singapore. Gladly. And why did you join the Singaporean army? Why did I join? Yeah. Well, you see, um, countries like Singapore, they're a lot oh, like mandatory. Yeah, it's it's conscription. It's conscription based, so you don't really have a choice. I mean, I guess you could say I had a choice, but my dad was not really supportive of me like going out and venturing on my own yet. So the options laid out for me were to either serve in the military. Or to leave Singapore and be blacklisted and never come back. Or I could always go to prison. I think that happens to some people there. So my options were... I wasn't spoiled for choice. Did, did you have a choice in going combat arms? No. Um, actually, I have a theory on how this works too. So if, you're, if you get conscripted into the Singaporean military, it's only because if you're a Singaporean citizen or a permanent resident. I don't, know if, I don't really know if this is a security reason. But let's say you... Um, you're conscripted into the Singaporean military as a permanent resident. After you complete basic training, from what I've gathered, most likely you're either going to be a driver, a clerk, a medic. That's if you don't go to command school, if you're, you don't qualify for OCS or sergeant school. Okay. And let's say you do qualify for OCS and sergeant school. If you're a permanent resident, they're going to put you in infantry only. Wow. So, so you don't have an opportunity for other MOSs. I don't know if it's because they see as as they see their permanent residences as expendables, but it just it's just a thing that I, I noticed. And uh are you a fan of the whole mandatory service for countries? Um I, I, I would say yes, I am a fan. Is it feasible in most countries? Uh I don't really think so. If I could put it in perspective for people that don't really get it, imagine if everyone, all males, it sounds kind of sexist, but that's how it works in like those countries. If all males in the United States were conscripted and served as if they were in the National Guard or the Reserves, because once you get out, that's kind of what it is. Yeah. It would be pretty much all males being in the Guard or the Reserves, no matter what. So That'd be a lot of manpower. It would be a lot of manpower, and I'm not sure if uh, we're able to sustain that kind of manpower right now. I could be wrong. But it's interesting to think about. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I think uh, for us, our system of just having a, what is it? Uh, Voluntary service? The, the I mean, picking your branch of service if you're drafted. Oh, right. But, you know, always having that in your back pocket. I don't think we really need Speaking to have. Speaking of that, wasn't the World War Three draft a, a thing recently? It was. It was. <laughs> World War Three, And that's why uh, I didn't really talk about it because I could have been drafted early, you know? Which, oh, uh, right. Yeah. I mean, it helps for us. I mean, we want like scholarships and contracts for right. the military and easy promotions, right? So, right, right. I hear a lot of rumors, though. Like, um, for example, if you're on like FAFSA or uh, federal financial aid, yes, I am a FAFSA expert since right. I am on FAFSA. As am I, and I believe there's a clause that that goes, um, if the United States does go to war and there's a draft, people on the FAFSA 
on people on FAFSA get drafted first. I don't know if this is true. There is a lot of rumors. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you take the money, you get that. That's fair, I guess. It's fair, yeah. I can see that. There's also a poverty draft. Um, I think I honestly, a lot of I honestly there. don't think we're ever gonna have a draft again. I mean, why not? Because I mean, if it was really something that big, I think the way we're moving is with the whole drones and mm. uh, the technology we have. It's not necessarily manpower that's the attrition. It's more technology, right? And economic base. It's an economic war now. Yeah, so I, I feel like manpower is getting a little more irrelevant. So the draft would become more and more useless as technology continues to advance. Right, right. That's that's interesting to think about. You know, we never know what's going to happen later on. This was supposed to be a casual podcast, but we're getting a little too philosophical here. All right. I don't mind, but uh, so I I wanted to talk to you about your time in Rookdom. Oh, cool. Go go ahead. Yeah. So, I, as a cadre member, for those who don't know, at Norwich University. We have a thing called Rookdom where the freshmen come in and you have juniors Mm -hmm. who are your cadre and they train you for an entire semester to get you into the cadet lifestyle. And I was your cadre. Yes, you were. uh, And you were my platoon sergeant. I was your platoon sergeant. And I just wanted to get your side of what was your Rookdom like? How was I as a leader? Because believe it or not, no one knows me as a grumpy guy who gets angry and yells a lot you right. guys were probably the first group of people i've ever yelled oh really so i wanted to see your your side to see how i was and you can uh you can relate me or compare me to your army <laughs> the army drill sergeants of uh right. how i was well before i start i just want to preface i've been doing some of my own research on you and uh if i'm not wrong you've once worked as a camp instructor is that right yes i did and tell me what that was like <laughs> in comparison to being cadre Okay, like how's, how's I thought you were different? just like going to answer my uh, question I, to you. I just with wanted to know question. your perspective before I gave so, my opinion. I mean, the thing about being a camp counselor is you're working with little kids. Right. Oh, so okay. it Isn't was a completely the same thing here. You, you deal with little kids. Yeah, of. I'm dealing with little kids and people that do stupid things. Right. But the difference is, I get to yell. I I have to be angry and be more less holding your hand. Here. All right. Okay. I mean, over there, I was just you know like, hey, Timmy, let's walk over to your mom and it was very like a camp counselor like a elementary school teacher kind of vibe to it okay i was working with 11 to 17 year olds but mostly in the younger range right but yeah it was a differently like, completely i never yelled the only time i yelled was when there was an emergency and i was just trying to get be heard right over a big crowd but like i was never a mean guy i was the class clown or the camp clown i guess you could say camp clown you know everyone i would always have a laugh with everyone make everyone laugh i was the goofy goofball the goofy goofball and i was the goofy goofball my first couple years here so when people said oh you're gonna be a starting first class of a rook platoon people were like wow van buskirk i can't see that (laughs) really they had a very tough time putting my image to that position so that's why people were just like i don't know how well you did they don't know if i ever yelled or right. they can't see me as being a mean guy or enforcing things all right so let me let me answer your question what i thought my rookdom experience with you in charge was like so uh, i just want to preface by saying i did not know about norwich or at, or vermont like one month prior to coming here how'd you well initially i tried going to west point so what happened was was that um i, I spoke with their field force and tldr to um they told me that I did not show any academic promise. And if I did go to West Point and I dropped out, the government's just pretty much wasting like almost half a million dollars 
if I were to drop out two years in. Okay. Uh, well, it's in jokes on them because you know I'm an honor student here, so. Yeah. <laughs> so they just made the wrong. Was yeah, it just based on like uh, SAT stuff, like? Uh, or no, Singaporean because, grades. Yeah, the Singaporean curriculum follows the British system. So where I ended in the Singaporean system doesn't match up with um, the level of ed- education they have in high school here because okay. of the early conscription that okay. I went through. So I didn't really finish like high school, I guess you could say. Okay. Uh, I did end up taking the SATs to get here and stuff. So there's that. So I never heard of um, Vermont or Norwich. Uh, only information I had was based on YouTube videos, which surprisingly there aren't enough of. Um, which I think is good that um, you and I are like making YouTube videos. Um, well, I don't know if you've made any YouTube uh, YouTube videos on Norwich. I well, I did one on Pain of a Zach versus Wild. Oh, yes, I did see you that. Saw that. I was a big fan. Yeah, yeah, I did that on Pain Mountain with uh, Anastasio and a bunch of other guys. Right, right, right. So I really didn't know anything about Norwich or Vermont, so I really didn't know what to expect. Um, most of my knowledge and like what it was going to be like, it was going to be a, a repetition or a repeat of what I went through in basic in singapore i went through sergeant school in singapore so i thought that you know it was pretty much going to be the same thing uh there was a little bit of a culture shock um from the whole asian culture to the american culture but i think the military aspect is pretty much the same there are standards and people are going to yell at you regardless of you doing the right or wrong thing yep and it's just it's a it's a way for them to test you to test your um to test your um your ability to withstand criticism because i feel like that's one of the major deficiencies that the youth of America have today is oh, uh, they responding, take things personally. responding to criticism is uh, a lot easier said than done these days. Um, there could be a lot of reasons to it, but uh, point being, Norwich does a really good job in like really testing people out and filtering out um, who has better potential than other people. Um, but yeah, so when I came here on my first day, I met my roommate. It was um, he was a good roommate. You know, I I know that. Um, for, for those of the listeners that don't know, I believe there was like a lot of animosity towards uh, me and my roommate because we were always absent. Uh, my roommate was yeah. an athlete and he was always not around. And I think a lot of people um, berated him for that. Um, as was I, I was always absent with my uh, esports and um, working at the library. So uh, there was a lot of animosity. But you have to say that me and my roommate actually made the platoon look good GPA-wise and PT-wise. Wasco did pretty well GPA-wise? Yeah. He's like at a. He's above a three point five. Oh, he's a good gold star. Him. He has a gold star. Um, we're both PT studs. Don't mean to brag, um, but yeah, I think we did a pretty good job. Um, and that was thanks to the great guidance of the one and only Sergeant First Class Van Buskirk, um, with assistance of the wonderful Staff Sergeant Weeder, none other. So, so uh, you think it was because of my leadership? You and Wasco did so well, even though Wasco was gone doing soccer and basketball the in, for the majority of the time. Well, I I can't say the same if you weren't our platoon sergeant. Imagine if it was someone else. Um, maybe me and Wasco wouldn't have turned out as well as we did, because um, as as good as we are in our studies and our and our athletic athleticism, the whole core aspect to it is only bolstered and uh, reinforced by the Rooks cadre. So a rook could hypothetically do really well in, but in I mean, school and in PT. Devil's but. advocate here. You, you're you saying that you and Wasco, who were there not a lot, were the, the shining stars in the platoon. Couldn't hey. you say, well, because they were you were not there to experience me and everyone else was like, I was dragging everyone else down and because you were there well, less? You see, experiencing 
the whole experience is relative. Like you could say that interacting is a form of experience, but just observing. So me and Waska would have our doors closed most most of the time, and we would like eavesdrop and overhear things that were going on. We had cups. So um, uh, at the time, uh, at the time we were staying next to our company mentor. So whenever people went inside, we would use cups and eavesdrop. Um, I, I've I've spoken about this with our company mentor. He he found it pretty uh, hilarious. I went for a board recently with him. Okay. Um, but pretty much uh, the knowledge that me and uh, my roommate got from um, the uh, the whole experience was just by listening and watching what others do. So we know what they're doing wrong, and we're able to like not do those things. And did you hear anything anything juicy while listening to the company mentor with the cops? oh yes i've I've heard a lot of juicy things that i revealed on my board um i'm not a snitch by any means so this is all common knowledge i'm just relaying what, sure, what i learned sure <laughs> right. you could just uh say uh anonymous person anonymous did this. person anonymous person did this so and so uh but but pretty much um i believe me and wasco were able to really develop ourselves as cadets in norwich just by like watching all the the bad examples and the good examples collectively interact with one another and we find out what works and what doesn't work when it comes to living in the core for example like showering or like making our racks yeah um i don't mean to brag but i thought our our room was pretty strapped like our beds were pretty good it it depends i mean the thing about you is wasco would leave his room and you would just do your side right so sometimes we'd go in and we just we'd uh, have to talk to you because he wasn't there. Right. But uh, for the most part, y'all were, I, I I mean, you started, I'd say, kind of uh, not living, you know, living low key. Right. But, I mean, as you got more comfortable with the whole Rookdom thing, you became to stand out more and became basically like a giant meme. Did I? Tell me about that. I, I don't recall any of this. You spent, <laughs> you spent uh, at, for those rev- who don't know, once a week, you guys are supposed to get a 10-minute phone call. Oh, because right. Because your yes. family is in Singapore, you couldn't call them that time because yeah, they'd yeah, be asleep. Or, yeah, not not a good time. So you would just be playing their recorder in oh, your room yes, I would. while everyone else. And you were just playing like Norwich Forever. Right. Yeah, you were playing. Just, I brought it to um, my brother's uh, uh, rookie proposal, if you remember. We yeah. went to, all the way to Fifco to Gerard Hall. That was a legendary experience. I got yelled at for giving out jazz hands after the whole dance. I didn't. I did not like that. The the cadre who ran it. Oh, the cadre who ran it. Who, oh, okay. Yeah, the Fifco cadre. You guys did fine, but they did some weird things that made you guys do and answer, and it was just like, just get on with it. But. Right, right. Yeah, you you as you came more comfortable, you came out of your shell. I thought you were a stuck up uh, Singaporean kid. Right, I'm American. Or, or okay, well at the time I'm telling you, right, you right, know right, what right, I thought. Right, right. I said I said something that you know bothered you, and I was like, wow, this kid must be like real stuck <laughs> up. I, said, I, so, I remember that. It was I like made, a, I made a whole presentation about it called microaggressions. microaggressions. What, what did I even say? It was like okay, I'll I'll give the story. So I didn't take it personally. I just thought it was really really funny. So we were um, in the wonderful chow hall. Uh, they were serving Sodexo food. I believe at the, at the time they were serving teriyaki chicken. So I was waiting in line with the pizza on my tray. Uh, you just so happened to be right behind me, and you noticed that the line was to teriyaki chicken and rice. So you peered over and said, Rakut Chandra. I just knew it was you, so I was like, yes, platoon sergeant. You go, so is that what you guys like to eat? Oh my God. <laughs> I can see. I, I looked at the pizza on my tray, and I, I, I instinctively said, "Not really." 
<laughs> the the fact that the fact that the presentation you gave on microaggressions was like like six months I, I later couldn't. and you brought that up i completely forgot about it it seemed like it i couldn't even bother the presentation you. with the straight face it was just so funny i'm sorry yeah, that that stt was terrible yeah, it was it was terrible uh but yeah that that i honestly got you the stuck up kid vibe and then as time rolled on i you were pretty decent um right, decent you were Define decent i'd say uh, you kind of uh got the platoon you you were level-headed uh you wouldn't take things if someone did something dumb you wouldn't retaliate like mcquillan would right and do something even dumber right so you were le- very level-headed you could get along with everyone in the platoon uh, and you weren't a bother, you weren't a wreck, you weren't incompetent. Right, right. So you. you were, I mean, you got you got a pretty good head on your shoulders, and by the end of recognition, you and I'd say 90% of the platoon, I could see, you know, I was proud, like saying, hey, those people are recognized, you guys are good. You know, my job is, well, it wasn't done because there's still another semester, but with the whole Rook training, I felt like you completed it and you earned right. uh, you earned recognition. And I'll try speaking on behalf of the platoon. I think we're all really appreciative of what you and the rest of your cadre staff have done for us. I feel like you you really set us up for success there. You know, uh, some honorable mentions to Staff Sergeant Weeder, best Staff Sergeant out there, none other, one and only. Did you know he's Jewish? Is he really Jewish? That's <laughs> what he claims. <laughs> well, thank you, uh, Weeder. I I haven't. I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, he's a good oh, guy. I saw him at the pub the other day. He was like wearing like this really fancy outfit. He had like a, you know, those prep boy polos and those like fedora hats. Oh my gosh. I, I, just, I said, hi, Weeder. He winked at me and he walked into the pub. I had no idea what was going on there. There was, there was a, I don't get along with a lot of people. Right. Uh, and the fact that I was around you all so much was because... There was a number of cadre in our platoon thing that I didn't really get along with, but I just was bothered by them. Right. So whenever they weren't there, I was like, okay, I'll hang out with y'all. But when they were there, I was like, okay, peace. And right, I noticed that. Yeah. They ended up not being there a lot. People were like, don't you, don't, why, why are they never here? Like, and I could have addressed it saying, hey, work with y'all more. But at the same time, I liked you know, the aspect of being around you all. And I didn't want to be around you all when they were there. Right. So I kind of like that dynamic of right. they were barely there. Do you want to hear about any shenanigans that we did in Rookdom that you may or may not know about? I I know about the Perkins trip and that bothered me. The Perkins trip? Was it you? It was a... Sh- sh- what was... Who had the car? Oh, no. Okay, so... Yeah, this was, um, have you ever seen um, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle? Yes. So I dubbed this Chandra and Wasco go to Denny's. Yes. So okay. um, for those of you that don't know. Is it Gonzalez's have, car? Yes, it was Gonzalez's car. Of course it car. was. So oh some my gosh. background information here. We had a rook brother named Sean Gonzalez. Shout out to Sean. Um, he had a car because he was in the reserves, so he would need to drive to drill. I believe this was like late into Rookman, probably like a couple weeks before recognition. Um, we had the great idea of like, hey, you know, let's get some pizza tonight. Uh, we thought it was a really good idea. So um, I was there. Wasco was there. I'll just mention the people. It's, what, yeah, a pizza? How did that go to Denny's? Okay, yeah. So we'll, we'll get there. Okay, we'll get sorry, there. sorry. So, 
So we're all in my room. It was me, my roommate Wasco, and I'm gonna say three other people and Sean. Sean and two other people. So we had the wonderful idea of going to Pizza Hut, and um, this was a Friday night, I believe. And the day after was the rookie performance challenge or whatever. Oh god! It, okay. it, it was it was that eve. Okay. And um, the cadre were kind of out of it. They were tired, or you know, they were they were they're out of it. Yeah, and, we we didn't really bother you on Friday nights. Yeah, yeah, and you guys were up to other things, and so we came up with the idea of going to Pizza Hut. We got into our civvies, the only civvies we had at the time. I had an all-black tracksuit because I thought I was really tactical. <laughs> Everyone just wore normal civilian clothing, and we jumped out of me and Wasco's room. We jumped out, fell into the snow, like, you know, we were blanketed, so we, our fall was cushioned. Sean brought his car up to get your gate, and we all just ran inside with hats on so people wouldn't see our bald heads because it would, give, it would <laughs> yeah, give us away, yeah. really obviously. We get in the car, and I believe the time, it's like 10.45, and Denny's, cl- I, I mean, Pizza Hut closes at like um, 11. Oh, I'm sorry, did I say Pizza Hut? I meant Domino's. So okay. Domino's, Domino's closes at 11. So at this moment, Sean is like driving way too fast. He's trying to get there on time. He's going like almost 20 miles over the speed limit, and we get pulled over. By a cop? By a cop. Oh, my gosh. At this How point of time, what was what was running through my mind was that that's it. My career is over. I'm going to get kicked out of Norwich. I'm. Did he pop his uh, cat car to get out of it? I'll do you one worse. This is a four-seater. We had five people in the car. Sean did not have his wallet on him. Oh, no. He did not How have How did he get wallet. out of it? So, get this. The cop pulls us over, and um, Sean just pulls out his... um insurance and registration for the car that was the only thing he had in his um glove compartment and we got out of it with uh i, I want to say a hundred dollars speeding fine oh my god he went really easy on us because he kind of figured that we were from norwich yeah uh, he didn't know anything about rookton by the looks of it because we obviously we weren't allowed to be outside that at the time of course but, but we got out of it and by the time he gave us the ticket uh dominoes had closed so at that point in time we were all pretty sad we just got out of we just got off campus to get a hundred dollar speeding fine um i believe it was either me or wasco that came up with the idea of going to denny's i remember i was the one that pulled it up on google maps and the two closest denny's were both 55 miles away one i believe was in burlington and the other one was in new hampshire so i thought it was really funny if we we crossed state lines during rectum so i thought yeah let's drive to new hampshire so it's a it was an hour drive time we time we reached denny's it was about two in the morning i ordered a breakfast platter everyone ordered normal food we took a group picture uh i don't know if you've seen it i showed it to Weeder. i could show it to you later if you want uh and we drove back so at this point when did, time, you, get, when did you get back was it like four in the morning we got back when people were starting to wake up oh my gosh yeah, <laughs> it I'll, was an I'll, all-nighter i'll get to that point there's 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 more altercations that go on like as we get back so this point in time um, Sean and other everyone else is tired. The only people that are actually awake are me and Wasco. So Wasco um, opts to drive the car for everyone. Um, so I was not aware of this. Wasco's from Boston. I mean, I, I was aware that he was from Boston, but yeah. I wasn't aware that he wasn't used to driving in such uh, bad weather because it started to snow, if you remember that, that evening. It did, but Boston is, or sh- I mean, there's shitty weather in Boston too. Well, he Did told he me it was drive? his first time. So, okay. Well, so we start driving back. It was another hour drive back. See him freaking out. The time is about like 4.30. Um, 
Uh, if you drive into Norwich, you know there's that little hill there, or that yeah, it slopes the, the, downwards the, with that ramp, runaway ramp. Yeah, that runaway ramp. So as Wasco's driving down there, everyone in the back is sleeping. I'm in the passenger seat, and Wasco hits black ice, and the car starts skidding out of control, and oh, starts bumping. No. Okay. <laughs> and Wasco's trying to wake everyone up, and I tell him to calm down, and he's trying to like push the brakes, and everyone's like freaking out. The bank is like, I want to say 50 feet away. And okay. if we crashed into that, our only hope would be to call. <laughs> yeah. Would be, we were not going to call you. No. Who no. were you going to call? Someone you could trust that wouldn't squeal still? Shout out to my boy, Hilario. You would have called Hilario? <laughs> well, he was an archadre at the time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He was. And okay. You think he would have kept it a secret? He would have told Pat and then Pat would have told me. I don't know. I think you all would. I, I don't know. Depends on how long it, it would depends. take. Depends. Yeah. I feel depends. like he might squeal. But um, the car stopped, like, I want to say, like, 10 feet before, like, that drop. Okay. So we were, we were good. We drove back. By the time we, we got back, some of the other companies were already forming outside. Thankfully, second company was slacking off that morning. And <laughs> yeah. We, <laughs> just that morning. Just For that the morning. record, it, just it, that morning. That mor- second company is always uh, up to par or even even beyond par when it comes to performances. Just and, taking the L that yeah, morning. Just We just took the L that morning and chose to not form up as early as we usually do. So we hop in through the laundry room, and I think I see some of the first platoon cadre, and we try to... Have you ever seen... Have you ever played Metal Gear Solid? Yes. It was so very much like that. Trying to avoid the, the radar from them. Right. I want to say magazines. the cadre saw some of us, but like assumed that we weren't rooks because we were in civvies. Uh. <laughs> Got back in our rooms, changed to ACUs, and that was that. Well, I'm glad... Well, I'm, I don't know if I should be glad, but it, it kind of hurts. It's just like, as someone who is supposed to keep y'all like under my watch, y'all right. are just like easily just leave and not get away with it until like literally we were like smoking cigars at Rook Recognition Night. Well, I've heard, and you I've just heard, told me this. I've heard crazier Rook stories. Well, I don't know if they're as crazy as ours. I've heard of people. Um, I mean, it depi- defines what you mean as crazy. I mean, stealing I, a tub of ice cream from the chow hall. Were those rooks? I thought they were just assholes who just... No, they were rooks. Uh, It was one of the first platoon cadre that told us during his rookdom he stole an entire tub of ice cream. I mean, uh, compared to us, like, at my rookdom, we just done dumb stuff, but it was all small, like trapping squirrels or just having, like, a little fight club in our room where they bought a taser tasing each other. Yep. Yep. It misspelled my name. Right, I see that. So you could tell how... Someone's name was left off, someone's name was on twice, and my name was misspelled. Right. Just right, so you can right, kind of yeah. get a sense of how, you know, responsible or set up our t- right. platoon was. But, but wow, that was an ex- Rookdom was an experience. I, I, I loved every moment of it. Well, not every moment of it, but looking back, it was, it was pretty hilarious. I think the thing I was proudest of was the fact that I could easily compare 2 3, that was our platoon, right. second company, third platoon, 2 3 with my rook platoon one one with the characteristics of you guys weren't the worst as terms of you know being like a the term shit bag right right or the and but you guys weren't you know core boners meaning you know you guys were like hardcore into the core mm-hmm. you're kind of in the middle you were just pretty good at pt pretty good at everything but you had like the shenanigans and stuff and you had personality which right, was important right. you weren't like the brainless fifth robots co right from of course you know, from other platoons. So I was, I was, you know, enjoyed my time, but uh, I think some of the things in, you know, in two, three, 
you're, you should have stories of, you know, breaking the rules or doing stuff you shouldn't because, I mean, that's the stuff that kind of brings you together. Right. And those stories kind of get more and more rare as you move up. Some manifest into legends. Exactly. And I mean, I still talk about the Rook stories from when I was a Rook, but when I was a sophomore, just like, yeah, I was a sophomore, but no one cares because you were a sophomore. Right. So Rookdom was, it's one of those things I describe it as like an experience. You hate it while it's, because it's just dumb and boring. But, right. you know, once you look back, it was like, wow, that was that was the time to be alive. Oh, it was. It sure, it sure was. And yeah, and yeah, 90% of y'all, I'm glad I had you all and not another platoon. So that was, that was good. I was very happy with y'all. Uh, we were really happy with you. And um, if I could end this topic off by like um, saying one important thing I learned from you was that if your pee is yellow and stinky, that means you need to take a drinky. Yeah. That's hydration. I, and I you know what? That. I, I, cited, that. I, I quoted that a lot of times when I went through infantry OSIT in Fort Benning. Yeah. And like, you cited me? Like a couple times a week, not gonna lie. So how is from your drill sergeant compared to me? Who uh, who stacks up? I would say, and you're thinking of a clever way to not say that I well, was. Put this in perspective. I don't know if you know this, but I, I actually got pretty infamous in infantry OSIT. I uh, I choked out my drill sergeant. You choked out your drill sergeant? Yes. How? Why? So for those of you that don't know, Infantry OSIT is basically a combination of uh, Army BCT along with AIT, Infantry AIT. We call it OSIT, one-stop unit training. So we do everything there. Um, so we had a bunch of Infantry HUA drill sergeants. And um, for those of you that will ever go to Infantry OSIT, be prepared for urban ops. So they have, I believe, eight lessons. And on your fourth urban op lessons, in your, on your fourth lesson, you're going to go into rooms and clear rooms in um, teams of four or five. And the drill sergeants are going to be there with boxing gloves and, you know, body armor. So you get to, to fight them? Just to fight them. I thought they were joking. <laughs> and you actually choked one out, so you won? You beat your drill sergeant? One is subjective. Did I really win by choking out my drill <laughs> sergeant and facing the repercussions of what happened after? So it's, I'm, it's I'm, assuming, I'm assuming that choking out wasn't part of the rules then? They prefaced it by saying, if a drill sergeant comes into contact with you, you cannot punch the drill sergeant. You cannot kick the drill sergeant. My mind went through that flow chart and went to strangling. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, so comparing that to me, you think you would just uh, strangle me? I would never strangle you, Ben Busker. I, I have too much respect for you. Uh, well, I appreciate that. I thought you hated me. No, when... I'm still waiting for that fan fam. Uh, merch. Well, in the beginning of Rookdom, you hated me. No, actually. I hated some of my... I'm sorry, guys. I hated some of my Rook brothers and Rook sisters. Uh, I did really well in not showing it. But um, I hated some of our cadre, too. I did not hate you at all. No, not at all. Okay, well... Looking at the other platoon sergeants, I was actually really glad we had you. Why? What was uh, wrong with the other... I mean, wait, I know I know what's wrong with uh, some... Ca uh, PSGs, but what was what was wrong with the uh, the other ones? I mean, okay, I'm not I'm not gonna like like um um be too derogative. Uh, first first platoon didn't have a really fun time, like straight out they did not have a fun time. He was hardcore. Second platoon did not have it so bad, but it wasn't. I I feel like watching them wasn't it wasn't really interesting or it wasn't really they didn't get a lot of laughs at least from what I saw. I mean, it's an outside perspective, but like. So do you think it's just the people though? It's a combination of both. 
so uh, we're lucky we had you and your humor could like mesh really well with us i believe we've had the other platoon sergeants from the other platoons their humor might not be on the same wavelength as us so it's going to be a disconnect there yeah and i think that connection is really important i i, I take humor very seriously so I, I knew i knew you you and i had similar sense of humor is when we uh both you made the joke about was it cory in the house Oh, yeah. Watching Cory in the House as the oh. your preferred anime. So I was eating chow. Um, this was like early into Rookdom, and uh, Sergeant Ryan was there. Shout out to Patrick Ryan. Um, we were, <laughs> so we were we were in the chow hall. It was just me and him. I want to say one other person. I'm sorry, I can't remember. That's not that person's not important. I started singing. Um, okay, I'm gonna sing a song, and you're gonna have to guess where it's from. Okay. <clears throat> so come along with me, and let's go out to sea. What this world has for you S- and for me now. Okay. Sergeant Ryan, for the life of him, could not figure out where it was from. But he, it sounded so familiar. It looked like he was having an aneurysm trying <laughs> to figure out where it was from. He was bothered He was by mad this? at me. He was oh. mad at me for not remembering, where, for, for him not remembering where it was from. He was upset. Uh, that's, that's, that's something Pat would do. Right. Why were you singing? Were you recognized at that point? No. You were just singing this was The like, Sweet Life I on I want to say, this was like... Before we got privileges to like not square in the hall. Okay, so it's still like, okay. This was like before A Bear, or this was like before A Bear. Around A Bear, you were singing "Sweet Life on Deck" within yes. the first month or month and a half. Yes. Wow, you had the balls, man. Right, right. You gotta like you know dip your toes in the water sometimes. You know, test out and see how hot or cold it I is. Mean, I barely talked to people during Chow for the first month just because I just. I got really extreme when once we got a new PL. I had my um, banana hot dogs and my chocolate burritos. I got kicked off the table a couple times for that. Yeah, I ate my fortunes. Like we had did, fortune did cookies Maca- here. Did McCaffrey them. ever eat with y'all? Did McCaffrey ever what? Eat with y'all? Eat you uh, guys. a couple times. Not not more than more times than I can and remember. Carney, no. he, he, I mean, the PL doesn't really isn't really supposed to go up there, but right. I mean, he just happens to be there sometimes. McCaffrey, he only he was. When he was there, it was just like he was just there to be like Marine Corps OCS. Right, right. Um, I like Carney a lot, though. Um, shout out to my boy, Chris Carney. So, um, he is a good guy. Every time he would go to Chow, it's going to sound kind of creepy, but I would always try to sit next to either you or Carney. Why? And I would figure it out, too. Whenever we got into formation, like outside of, um, outside of Goodyear, there's a specific place that you fall into the formation if you want to sit next to the one and only Sergeant First Classman Buskirk or sit next to the one and only Second Lieutenant um, Chris Carney. And that is, um, so we were in like files of like four or something. If you file in all the way at the back, all the way at the front actually, if you file in as a third person, so there's going to be one person holding the first door at Mac. Okay. Not Mac, uh, Harmon Hall. Yeah. And there's going to be another person this holding the second door. So, oh, thank you, Rook Brother or Rook Sister. Thank you, Rook Brother or Rook Sister. You go up there, you're going to be all the way at the end. And at the head of the table, more times than any, is where either Chris Carney or Zachary Van Buskirk sits. And that is where I wanted to sit next to. Well, that probably because you can't talk Do unless you know there's a cadre why? member. Because you can't talk if there's a cadre member. No. I had a little prank that I used to do on you and Chris Carney that you might not be aware of. It's going to come out right now. I would try to get the same food as you and Chris Carney and swap our plates. <laughs> what the heck? Wait, not Why? done yet. I spiked the food with like hot sauce too. And I don't think, 
And every time, you and Chris Carney would never notice. You spiked my food with hot sauce? Yeah, but you would never notice. And that was the funny part. That's why we would, like, laugh randomly sometimes. Oh, my God. And you would just be eating your food, like, what's so funny? And <laughs> I never noticed. Right? I, Isn't that amazing? I don't eat spicy food, so I feel like I would notice. Did you put a lot in it? Not, not enough to notice. Just enough to, like, have you raise an eyebrow. God, but you didn't even, bat an, you didn't so even bat an eye. Wow, that's funny. Like that, that that's pretty funny. I've never knew that. Yeah, the more you know. Wow. And this was all your idea? Yes. Oh, good for you, man. That well, I mean, that, that's I can't believe. I'm just shocked right now. This is the first time I found out about this. There was a lot of stuff that I did in, during Rookdom that I feel like not a lot of people know. You about, did a actually. lot of stuff that bothered me. Like yeah, I did a lot of weird stuff. condiments on your bananas. Right, mustard. Mustard on your bananas and yeah. eating it, but you would eat it so normally and not even bat an, an eye, eye about right, it. Yeah. It was so bizarre. I was uh, in a way challenging everyone's um, everyone's. You and Fry would be doing right. that stuff just to piss us off and it worked. i just want to challenge people's um what's the word like their understanding of how the world works <laughs> you're, you're challenging way, society if I could, if I, if I, i'm challenging society by like putting mustard on a banana wrapping it with a piece of white bread and eating it like a hot dog nonchalantly oh my god that bothered me so much but i guess deep down there is a question well you do have before we kick it off uh, we do have time for a musical break. Right. If you wanted to cut to it, you you brought your instruments. Yes, I did. Here, so this is the first. Right. This is like, I mean, we're doing like records uh, here. This is the first live performance. Right. I have three songs lined up today. Three songs. Yeah, so this will be the first one. Okay. Uh, do Do you want anything to preface it by? You want like, what is this uh, okay, song? Okay. So I just want to ask you, what's the mood right now? Are we like in a in a funny mood, or are we in a serious mood, or are we in a? I have three songs, and they're all. At three different levels of like mood well we so just one is really funny one is really depressing one is very satisfac satisfactory uh well we ended it we ended the hot dog note? thing so i i think we should uh keep it with the funny okay um so and then we can transition to serious I'll, stuff. I'll, I'll tell the title of the song so this is um b words aren't s words by uh, filthy frank uh it's explicit so i'm not gonna be singing the vocal oh, it's i'm not gonna be singing the vocals i'll be using the kazoo instead of actually singing so i'll be using the kazoo and the ukulele at the same time okay i, I can't believe you listen to filthy frank I i've been there since tempura boys shout out joji miller my boy What made you, uh, what was, what inspired you to do play that song? Well, um, recently there was someone, um, I'm not going to say who, that said something and it made me feel really bad. Um, and I felt like, you know, I needed to like, I don't like expressing my anger towards other people, which is why I come off as a nice guy to most people. And I like to like, I like to maintain good, good relationships with people, even those who have done me wrong. 
Okay. So I need a way to like take my frustration out, and I do it in the form of song. So for those of you that don't know, that song's called uh, "B Words Ain't S Words." Uh, by Filthy Frank, and I feel that song accurately represented my um, my emotions that went through my head um, when the guy or this person said something to make me feel a certain way, and yeah. So, and this is uh, what inspired you to start your YouTube channel to no, it wasn't. play music and no, this is just a separate occurrence. Yeah, it's just a separate occurrence. Okay, well, I mean, I think it's weird but cool that you 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 find a creative outlook to cope right. with weird uh things and uh i want to ask like your setup in your room yes yes did you was that something you had in the beginning of the year no it was something i got like last month okay so you're gonna like you're starting with these covers right now because you get decked out with a full-on you had like a mic arm too yeah i did you I have, have a mic arm. arm i do have a mic arm i have a shock a shock holder thingy i have the pop filter the this thingy oh you got did you get the the this mic or did you get a different mic uh i got a different mic okay it looks is like the audio technica right. and that's another thing you inspired me to do to actually get, put my content out there you know yes i was inspired by watching um one of my favorites was zach versus wild it, it really inspired me to you know put myself out there if you had asked me this i would say um five years ago i would probably be really embarrassed to upload what i upload now but after seeing what you do i realized that it really doesn't matter do you know? Do you know what the the strategy is? Do do enlighten me. Do it ironically, so people can't make fun of you for it. So if you do something ironically, like oh, I'm a weeaboo, ironically, right? You know, I you know publish these cringy podcasts or these things on YouTube. Ironically, it becomes a meta humor thing, and all of a sudden you come from this cringy weirdo that we don't want to watch on YouTube to a comedic genius who is challenging the norms of society, like you were saying. Yes, yes. Thank you. Yeah, so I, I do see that. It's all about point of view. And sometimes it doesn't work. Like, I was doing a project presentation, and as a joke, you know, when you set up your computer to the presentation, it shows what's on the computer, and then you go to PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. As a joke, I have anime, I, I had anime lollies <laughs> in Google's images, right. and then I was like, I would pretend, oh, crap, oh, crap, you know, like, oh, okay. I didn't mean to have this open, you know, right. play it off. And when it did happen, everyone laughed, but they thought it was real. And then the t I was pretending to be embarrassed about it. And then the teacher came to me after and saying, hey, there's nothing wrong about liking anime. That makes a lot of money. And I was like, oh, my gosh, they actually think this is real. Oh, I can relate to that. So I'm in a public speaking class, and I gave a speech of how I'm, um, I'm the vice president of the anime club here at Norwich University and how I'm <laughs> really not proud of it. You're not proud of and, it. And um, so this, this teacher, this professor told me to embrace the inner, like, Unironically, this professor tells me to embrace embrace who I really am as a as a otaku. For those of you that don't know, oh god, oh an god. otaku is um oh is a person that's really into anime or Japanese culture. But I mean, it's normal with you and Pat. Like Pat ruined me. Uh, I wasn't really into anime until he got me into it. But since he's twenty five percent Japanese, it's yeah. just his culture. Right. That's fine. But if I'm into anime, I'm like. Holy crap, this guy's a weirdo. Yeah, isn't that unfair? It is unfair. Yeah. I mean, again, you're Asian, so you can get away with it. Yeah, it's I just... do. I'm, I'm kind of fortunate to have that. Well, it's funny because in Asia, people that are really into anime are looked down upon as well. Really? Uh, really? Unless, unless you're even in Japan? I don't think you'd know that. But... Well, the term otaku and weeb, they're both in a negative connotation. Oh, very well. So, so 
you would be you and Pat would be the otakus. Yes. So and uh, now would be the weeb. So it's a polarizing effect um, in America where like people who are Asian that really enjoy anime or Japanese culture aren't looked down upon because of this whole appropriation of um you know like acceptance or diversity like you know culture like exactly I mean, uh, by any means anime is not my culture <laughs> at all it's just some it's just a hobby that i like to it, immerse myself it just in. has some good entertainment here and there right for example now there's a new show called nekopara <laughs> oh god i put that in as a joke okay uh, so we'll, we'll yeah. talk about it so I, I actually know a little bit about nekopara for, for those of you that don't know the season there's a new anime called nekopara and it's based off um the japanese visual novel nekopara so let's let's delve into this a little i more. have a uh, volume one on my switch yeah, uh, luckily i'm yeah so luckily i'm the subject matter expert when it comes to anime games and japanese culture so a uh, visual novel basically is um a video game uh, for those of you that know doki doki literature club that's another uh, that's... it's it's a lot like that so it's ba- pretty much like a dating simulation i'm just gonna cut to the doki chase. doki doki literature club is different though it's got like a the game mechanics are the same. I mean, the game mechanics are the same, but it uses that genre to to give a different experience. Give a different, yeah. Right. It it's like a uh, it, it's weird to describe, but right. Doki Doki. That's that game's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. I've I've played it a couple times. Um, I really liked it. So yeah, so visual. That's what that's what visual novel novels are. Um, Before you continue though, who did you go for in Doki Doki? Your vanilla. first run. vanilla. Yeah, vanilla. No, no, I'm talking about Doki Doki. Oh, for Doki Doki. Doki Doki. Oh, I went. And from... I I did go for Vanilla too. <laughs> Come on. Okay, it's the only one. It, yeah, it's her. I love the poker face. Yeah, okay, but for Doki Doki, I would go for Monica. Monica. All the time, yeah. Okay. It felt it felt right to me. I don't like the whole. So it's, I'm not going to spoil anything. So pretty much in Doki Doki Literature Club, you're uh, you have four choices. You could either go with the childhood friend. Yeah. The lolly. I never go for the lolly. Never go. That's weird. Um, then you go. You can go for the quiet girl, which sometimes works, but I just wasn't feeling it. I with, tried going for her. Yeah, I, I tried going for her too on my like second run. Like, I just wasn't feeling it on the first run. But like for Monica, just having such an arbitrary person being there that doesn't fit yeah. any like specific trope is something I can appreciate more than something generic. Okay. Maybe it's because I've played so many uh so many visual novels. Like, I mean, um, meeting Monica was like a. Like it opened my eyes to a whole new world of selections and white. The, the only the only thing I can spoil about that is like the warning in the beginning of the game was like uh, was it psychological seizures? Yeah, seizures or, because it gets or pretty depression. Yeah, pretty intense. Right, it's so. not your average, but yeah. So going on, Nekopara, the Cat Girls. Okay, so pretty much uh, Nekopara is a visual novel. It's like a I don't want to say a dating simulator. Uh, it's more just like a story. It's, it's a, a story, very it's limited choice. It's, 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 as, it, as it sounds, it's a visual novel. It's a novel with visual aid to it. Um, it's well known for having several erotic scenes, as do many visual novels. That's one of their main selling points, actually. Having Short, Yeah, it is rated, rated M. Yeah, it is rated M. <laughs> so for those of you who are under... Again, age, I just want to preface this, but me and Chandra, we do these... Well, I hope you do. We do these ironically. I yes, do these yes, ironically. Yeah, 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 sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, but we, I wanted to see what the hoopla was about. So I play ironically, and I could barely get through because right. it was actually, I mean, I, I want more choices in, in my right. visual novels, so but continue. Back on Nekopara, they recently released an anime adaptation. So it's televised in Japan. And obviously, for those reasons, they've removed a lot of the erotic or like uh, mature scenes. So yeah. uh, if, if, if those of you who are interested in um, 
really wholesome animes. Where, it is very wholesome. It, it is a wholesome anime. I'm not gonna say too much about it, but like, um, essentially, cute girls doing cute things. Cat that, girls that have cat-like tendencies. Yes. Okay. Okay. But that pretty much sums it up. Will I continue watching it? Probably not. I don't have. You actually time. watching it? I've watched the first few episodes. Well, the thing is, did you watch it for this uh, podcast, or did you watch it? Because as a joke, I just put no, it. I, in. I, I make it. I make an effort to watch at least the first episode of every anime that's airing this season, and try to judge oh, off wow. that. And for the ones that I feel like I want to invest my time in, I'll, I'll continue those. So right now I'm watching uh, this show called Kakibucho Sherlock. It's pretty much a Japanese anime adaptation of Sherlock Holmes, and there's a here's a huge twist on it because it's set in modern day Japan. But the concept and the ideas of the story pretty much come from Sherlock Holmes. And just to preface this, since you watch you watch all the anime this season, at least the first episode. So you watch the interspecies reviewers. Yes, I have. I watched the first episode. There's a lot of fan service there. So that's where the people want to go if if they are not satisfied with Nekopara. Okay. And back on Nekopara, actually. Yeah. I just came to a realization right now. Nekopara is what I think Cats should have been. Do you know that movie, Cats? It's a recent movie. as Taylor Swift. has yes. James Corden. They're they all... went... There's, if there's a graph from human to cats, right. the movie Cats went way, way too, too far, far cats, cats. But not enough to be completely right. cats. And Nicol Parra has like a good balance of the in-between. It's, it's literally just cute girls with cat ears and tails. Right. But you know the problem with this is that it's anime. And it's not just because it's anime. I, I feel like a lot of it has to do with the dub being in Japanese, there's such a, a negative perspective on it. Okay. Um, have you heard of this movie, Parasite? I have. So the the one that won, won the, the couple yeah. awards. Me and uh, my work brother watched it recently. It was a stellar movie. Um, I want to quote the director. Um, I think his name is Kim something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you're <laughs> laughing about that. but it's just a, it's, Sorry, it's just a really generic um, Korean name. So the director, I'm going to quote him. He said... Um, if you can get over the one-inch barrier known as subtitles, you can be introduced to the entire new world of, like, you know, entertainment. And I feel like that's what's holding a lot of people back from discovering new shows or new yeah. new content, you know. Um, recently, I've been taking my Rook brother to watch um, Asian films. Have you watched, uh, good. what's that one movie? Uh, boy? Something Boy? No. Well, something Boy? Something You've seen boy. it. Okay, now i got to look this up. Okay. Uh... But it's this South Korean film. Okay. Is it recent? It's, I mean, it's a cult. It's it's a big. It's a cult. It's a horror. It, it's a, uh, hold on, hold on. I'm looking this up right now. Old Boy. No, not Old Boy. Is it Old Boy? Yeah, it's Old Boy. Okay. Oh, what's I, the premise? Enlighten me. I haven't heard of this. Uh, it's kind of like one of the, it's kind of like Doki Doki to where like you need to watch it because I don't want to. Oh, okay. It's, it's okay. a weird experience. But if you do watch it, watch the South Korean one. And oh, not the American, American one. Oh, there's an American adaptation. If you watch watch the South Korean one first, you'd be like, wow, that's crazy. That's messed up. Watch the American one and be like, wow, that's why no one's heard of it. Because this is such a terrible movie. Oh. Okay. And Spike Lee directed it. So kind of weird. but Interesting. Uh, uh, yeah, I watched Old Boy. That movie messed with my mind. Really? And it was in South Korean. Oh, I'm going to have to watch it now. Uh, the Rook brother that I usually watch Asian movies with is um, Ethan Owens. Shout out to my boy, Ethan. Um, <laughs> yeah. We've been watching a lot of um, Asian romances, and I don't want to say they all—they're all the same, but like, they generally have like the same like plot. So, guy meets girl. Um, there's some complications, and something happens to the guy, and girl goes after another guy, and the guy that had complications comes back, and there's a conflict there. 
And oh, yeah, there's, of there's course, kind of naturally. Ending, that's how it leads up all the time. It's almost like I'm watching the same movie. Why are you watching multiple movies if it's the same? If it's um, the same, uh, tra- I mean, it's just like any romance comedy here to where it's just like guy and girl, you know, they meet, you know, they have something special, something happens, whatever. And then the guy last minute goes to the airport, fights for her back because she's about to leave forever. And then well, they get together. I can summarize all of that in six words. It hits me in the feels all the time. Very well. So you're a big romance guy? Right. Uh, actually, like, yeah, I'm a big romance guy. Um, I've actually been um, um, practicing this one guitar, I mean, ukulele riff from this one um, this one um, Taiwanese romance movie that me and Owens watched recently. It's called um, Our Times, and the song is called A Little Happiness. I'll play the riff for you really quick. It's really short. Wow, what a segue. Yeah, but, so. Yeah, continue it. Um, the song's called A Little Happiness, as the as its title suggests, there isn't a lot of happiness in this in this movie, so it's a really wholesome tune. It goes like this. That's pretty much the riff I know. I would definitely recommend it to anyone that's interested in having their heart teared out, torn out, tickled, put back inside, cut up, taken out, and ripped apart. Well, I am, I am somewhat conflicted right now because the more I've been talking to you, the more I realize how similar we are. Oh, are we? I mean, I mean, I'm a big, I I, I like more romance comedies than my girlfriend. Oh, you do? Yeah, I'm a big romance guy. I mean, it's part of it's laughing at the whole trope. Okay. But, you know, it does get the whole feels, the heartstrings going. Right. And my girlfriend's like, yeah, these are stupid. And right. I'm like, come on, you got to enjoy. And your girlfriend lives in Georgia. She goes to Georgia Tech, right? She does go yeah, to Georgia Tech. my sister Tech. studies in Georgia, too. Um, how is that? They can like, meet up. Yeah. How is that dealing with a long-distance relationship? It's, I mean, it's it's hard, but, I mean, we find ways to cope. I mean, okay. uh, right after this, we plan to have, like, a Skype date. Just Skype oh, really? and then watch The the Bachelor. Oh, yeah? Uh, so, I mean, yeah, we, we find ways to get through it, and then we see each other. That's I'm great. going to Georgia Tech spring break. How'd you spend your Valentine's Day? She sent me cookies. Wow, what kind yeah. of cookies? Uh, chocolate chip, oh. and my family's mad at me because really? I didn't send her anything, and oh. I just, because I told her the whole, her gift was me, you know, being, I her, having me as her boyfriend. That was her Valentine's Day gift, and they You're thought that was- You're lucky she's still with you. <laughs> yeah, I am, <laughs> I am lucky. Oh, she she laughed, but to be fair, I uh, t- a couple weeks before Valentine's Day, I got, I bought her a t-shirt randomly that said Space Force, Ah, uh, because- Quirky, I like she, that. She's an aerospace engineer. I might be into this. I'm space operations. I might be in the Space Force soon. Who knows? But, yeah, I mean, I, well, it's not like I don't treat her. I just didn't well, treat her Well, it's good to see that you're in a yeah. really wholesome relationship. Um, speaking on relationships, what's that like in Norwich? Like, you know, there's the whole, like, um, controversy. Don't do, <laughs> don't do it. Uh, do, enlighten us. On, on relationships at Norwich? In Norwich, yeah. I'm actually curious because I was actually talking to a friend today, and... Um, this person seems to be having relationship problems, so I, I, I'll, I won't I won't mention who this person is. I'll is just, it with someone who's also on campus, or is it long distance? Someone that's also on campus. So uh, I, I, it was good to hear about your long distance relationship. But I think a lot of viewers want to, because you've been at Norwich for four yeah. years now, so you would probably you've probably seen more than I have. So this person goes to this class, and this person has a crush on another person in this class. Um, are they the same year? They are the same year. Corps of Cadets? Corps of Cadets. Okay, continue. Uh, that's, that's another topic, the Corps of Cadets. Yeah. Thing. So uh, what, what's going on is that 
this this person that has a crush on this person, the person that this person has a crush on, just got out of a relationship, a long relationship. But this person still wants to be with that person, but it, this person doesn't want to make it seem like they're a rebound, if that makes sense. Exactly. Right. Okay. So, I just had this discussion. Really. I'm watching this cartoon called uh, right now because I'm I'm going back again. Pat ruined me. I'm watching this cartoon called High School of the Dead. Ah. Oh, you may have heard of it. Uh, oh, I have heard of it. So in it, the girlfriend, the girl, I, and I talked to this my girlfriend. The girl, her boyfriend died, and then the very next day, she's all lovey dovey with right. you know the friends. It's like whoa, it makes only, it only an anime. I would feel like wow, that's a rebound. Like that's messed up. You know, right. I would not want to be in that guy's shoes because it just it would make her look sleazy. Right. So I get that. And then there's also some occurrences at Norwich where got girls not necessarily cheat on guys, right. but they would leave other guys to go right away with another guy because they met someone. And they I, I don't want to say they were cheating, but I mean, they were something was going on okay. that probably wasn't loyal. And it's not really a rebound because they're, you know, they broke up to go with the other person, mm-hmm. but it's still messed up. I almost want to say that I pr- would prefer a long distance relationship at Norwich because here at Norwich, relationships get so toxic. Yeah, they do. Especially in Why do you the think core. that is? Like, is the, it the, a core thing? Or I, is it just I think a... it's just the male dominated. Like, I feel you like think so? if there was a girl here, I'm not saying all girls here are sleazy, but there's a lot of guys and a lot of single guys and they're you know putting their woot you know trying to uh you could call it shooting their shot they're shooting thank Bias you for, biologist um they are notate. shooting their shot they're shooting their shot even though and they don't really recognize the whole hey she might be you know off limits right so i think this whole culture of you know shooting their shot as you would say uh it just i, I i've heard way too many stories of just girls again not cheating right. but being taking the shot from another guy and being like wow that's a better shot than the shot i'm currently with breaking up and then going with the next guy so if it was me i would try to avoid relationships at norwich as much as possible because it's just something i would want to avoid and not good right. and I'm, I'm happy with the relationship i'm in uh, alex at georgia tech she's happy we i mean we talk to each other every day and the relationship is very healthy and luckily, I mean, I was to be honest with you, Georgia Tech, there's not a lack, exactly a lot of guys. I mean, there's a lot of guys, but I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a very school. engineering school. So you just have to, you know, I, when I went to Georgia Tech, I was impressed because not impressed, but they have no social skills there. People not? wouldn't hold the door for me. It was just kind of like, okay, it's fine. It's, but people would brother. look down at the ground and All not right. say thanks and stuff. Wow. And it's just like, bro, that's kind of weird. This like, look at me in the eyes. I'm not monster or anything. Okay. But no Are, social is skills. Is that something we do well here in Norwich? I think so. I mean, with the whole s- saluting thing, like even if you don't salute people in the core, uh, I would get in trouble. Like, I don't really care. But I feel like, you know, even just look at each other in the eye because you have to look at ranks and everything. You just right. kind of like... Give that eye contact, like, sup, you know, hold the door open because. Some basic courtesy, I guess. I, I, th- I think there is a better basic courtesy. Okay. I think people I, are no, more assholes here, right. but they just have no social skills down there. So back on the whole relationships at Norwich, uh, to close it off, like, how do you be happy and be single at Norwich at the same time? I feel like a lot of people have, like, this thirst. Project Melody. 
Have elaborate. You heard of it? No. Okay, I, I won't elaborate because that, that okay. was a joke. But I'll explain offline because that was a funny joke. Um, how to be happy and single. be single at North University. Uh, I mean, you could go the Santos route. Oh, the Santos route. I, his name just like I've been Tinder with a lot with Santos. Tinder is he still in the core? Yes, he is. He's <laughs> probably one of my best friends in the core right now. Shout out to my boy Kyle Santos. Uh, I, he could just do Tinder and find people outside of North. Yeah, but he's actually hitting a girl up right now. We, I, so he's not dating that high schooler anymore. There's okay. So I'll give everyone some context here. So I have a rook brother that I I love very much. His name is Kyle Santos. I spent Thanksgiving with him and his family. Lovely people. Love all of them. So Santos, um, during Rookdom, he broke up with his his girlfriend at the time. This is going to sound really bad, okay? So he posted on the wall. I think you remember this. We were all on the wall, and he, he had something to say. So he was he was talking about, like, you know, his recent breakup with his girlfriend. As we, we'll call her library. That's what we call her. Yeah, yeah. I, call I'm her aware library. of the name, yeah. So he was, he was talking about it on the wall. And I'm sorry, Kyle. I was the first person to laugh. You were? I thought it was Fry that no, was laughing. Fry was laughing at me because th- it happened twice. It was it happened with Santos and it happened with Rosas. Every time the cadre would go to Fry and just, uh, Fry, you think this is funny? Your work brother's hurting. You think this is funny? I was always right across from Fry laughing first. And Fry was laughing because I was. We were all surrounding him. We were so pissed off. Like Santos was giving a very heartfelt speech of how he was feeling and everything, how he's depressed. And then Fry, out of nowhere, just started laughing, or at least from my point of view. And all the cadre just surrounded, started yelling at him while Santos is just hurting, trying to still convey the message. I'll I'll take the blame for that. I feel like after all the experience I've gone through, my, my sense of humor is really twisted and sadistic. I find humor like in like, you know, having a bad time or, you know, I find humor in depression, I find humor in um, pain. You know? I think, I think finding humor in all things is a great way to kind of deescalate the situation, no matter right. what it is. I'm not saying joke about 9-11, but no, I'm saying right. having a good laugh with people who've suffered is a good... Therapeutic, in a way. Yeah, right? yeah. exactly. No, it I, makes I, you I agree forget. with that, yeah. So... That's the Santos route. Uh, going to a more solemn tone that we are in. Do you have another song to perform? Yes, actually, I have a song for um, everyone that, that's been single since Valentine's Day. I actually prepared one. I've been trying to uh, steer the conversation this way. Very well. Um, Very well. Very okay. well. Uh, this co- this song is called um, Friend Zone by Filthy Frank. <laughs> is every song you're going to do by Filthy Frank? No. Very well. All right. I can't wait to hear do you know why you're lonely? It's cause you're fat and gay And girls don't choose the nice guys Cause you're just fat and gay And girls never see what's inside Oh, they do, and you're still fat and gay. There's no such thing as the friend zone, friend zone. The only reason that you're lonely is because you're fat and gay. Thank you. Again, that was one of the things I forgot to mention. Another thing is you and I both listened to Filthy Frank. Right. I, I made my family and my girlfriend try to watch Hair Cake. Ah, the, yes. The whole trilogy, Hair Cake, 
puke cake and then uh i love this um japanese lessons when he was teaching us how to say 420 blaze it uh, yeah yeah <laughs> the uh my favorite artist was uh politics oh politics disaster oh disaster music that was when he was talking about how the government's corrupt and he's <laughs> the like government's lyrical sterical miracle <laughs> yes. lyrical yeah sterical i got a hand my bat i got a hand on my cat oh uh, yeah uh, yeah so listen to politics it's with a k and a z at the end i believe uh very very good artist he's just yells <laughs> the government's rap, corrupt yeah underground rap is the, is the underground real rap yeah real hip-hop People, if if it's not real rap, unless you can only listen to it on SoundCloud, right? That's kind of like the rule. Um, so again, yeah, that's kind of creepy how similar you and I are. But overall, I think this was a good personalities, and I well, forget maybe that. Maybe we can have more um, podcasts like this and bring some. I got guest speaker. I would. Love I got to bring my other mic again, if that's okay with you. Uh, I, and I'd love to have you on. Uh, probably like a, a we could have like a panel going. Oh, I have another mic that we could get like a a whole panel going. Right. To have other people, some other people I'm not willing to have. Sorry, uh, McQuillan, but Matthew Velge, Sorry, I don't want to hear how your seating hairline's bothering you and that the Coast Guard doesn't let you swim all the time. Unfortunate. Um, but yeah, this was this was a, a, a surprisingly good experience I'm glad that I wasn't a toxic leader like other people and to be fair for the viewers have I ever have have I yelled as a platoon sergeant was I a meanie would you say you were not a meanie I was not a meanie. No, you were not you were you were you were you were, you were great no like not I'm not gonna like you great know. as in for the boys not as in for the boys as in you you gave an experience where I can look back on and I felt satisfied you know i felt i felt proud and i felt like you know it was worthwhile just from like the the humor and you know the whole the surreal experience you know everything like it was a complete package there were some bad parts and some good parts but you need some of the bad parts to really enjoy okay. the good parts and there was a good balance of that and do you think I, did it look like that i cared and i give put effort in no <laughs> that's the goal <laughs> no. that's the goal thank there you there we go uh, yeah. Surprisingly, I put in a lot of effort to make it look like I wasn't putting in effort. So, right. well, well, it's, well you 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 succeeded I, in that. Thank you. I appreciate it. So, yeah, I should have. Uh, I gotta bring you back to the last topic. There's a, one more thing I wanted to talk about with you. All right. Before we can, I guess, go to the last song and then get out of here. But yes, inspirational stories involving me. I don't know if you. Oh, and I was also gonna do the. Uh, what was it? Where is it? Uh, how anime with lollies have valuable lessons on leadership. We'll ignore that one. Oh, but I can I can give a quick comment on that. So there's there's an anime called Sumali and the Guardian Spirit. It's pretty much about this like this orphaned little girl, and she's adopted by this um this golem. It's like a forest guardian, and it's really wholesome because I think a good example of leadership can be found through parents. I mean, at the end of the day, of parents course. are leaders yes. in their own way. So this anime really highlights the relationship of a doting father and. A young daughter a lolly a lolly i guess you could say that but it's not it's not like how most people would perceive as lollies being sexualized or romanticized that's it's just more... that's just something you do like like that's right. that's like a common misconception yeah it's a common it is a common i would be just like right. saying oh hey you're watching uh you're watching you know anime there must be some kind of sexualization exactly of no and there there isn't any in this anime and i believe like you know it shows shows like the struggles of leadership uh through like the struggles of parenthood 
And on the flip side, it also shows the struggles of followers as like the struggles of a growing child. So you can I, learn a lot from I that. Put that. I put that in as a joke, hoping to get a good chuckle when you read that. I didn't actually expect you to come up with an right. answer. And uh, Greece is actually getting better. Greece? What a lot of people don't know about the whole oh. recession in Greece is that this is like the, oh. <laughs> this is the third lifeline since 2000, I want to say 2010, that they've been thrown by the EU. And it's actually working. Uh, people are suffering for that, though. Less wages, um, high unemployment. We're talking about the uh, economic crisis or economic recession right. in Greece right now. And so, you actually... Yeah. I, I, well, I'm a double major. I do a business management and accounting. So I'm actually doing my honors uh, pro- program project on economics and statistics. Oh, so, so you actually... I'm this really is well relevant to you. you I, I'm also a tutor at the AAC for microeconomics and microeconomics. A little plug there. But... Um, yeah, so Greece is they, Greece has actually been getting better. Um, we could forecast and see when they'll actually get back to like basic international stand standing and be a relatively good country. Uh, I'll use the word "good" subjectively. Um, so what they've been doing is they've been increasing taxes, lowering wages, and obviously a lot of people aren't happy about this because statistics have shown that probably one in three, uh, one one third of their population could risk living in poverty. Oh, that's yeah, not good. So it's it's really not good, but it's you have to pick one of the greater evils. Like it's either them continuously plummeting down the economic food chain or sacrificing these hard times to like eventually Get bounce back. back on their right. Feet. So they're getting there. It's I feel bad. Uh, my heart goes out to all the people suffering in Greece, but I hope it gets better. And then uh, it should. Do you have any inspiring, inspirational stories involving me? I, you, you already said the uh, the quote I always said, which was, uh, if your pee is yellow stink, you need to take a drinky. But do you have any other inspirational stories that may, helped you get out of bed every day? Right. So, okay. uh, you took uh, Mandarin when you were um, in uh, in your freshman year of college. That is correct. Orange. I remember this because this meant a lot to me. So I was in my room once doing my... Uh, Chinese homework, easy A. I already, I, I speak a little yep. bit of Chinese, so it was kind of. Okay. Well, it was easy A yeah. for me, and I don't know any Chinese. Right. That's yeah, just how our Chinese course was. So um, I remember you came into my room, and you noticed that I was doing Chinese homework. And yeah. you, you noticed that, and you came up to me, and you said, I took Chinese when I was in my freshman year of college. And I was like, he understands. <laughs> I understand? Yeah, we're, we're the same. You and I. I mean, we have different skin color, different hair color. Uh, that's the one. We're, we're, we're the same on the inside, I want to say. I think so, too. I, You have a weird sense of humor that always, like, not made me look forward to, but it wasn't a bad thing to see. Hey, let me see what, like, Chandra's doing because there's always something weird and something unique, <laughs> and it made my day less miserable. Oh, Happy to happy to like you know be of some form of entertainment to you and the cadre staff. So uh, to end this wonderful podcast, you have one more song. I have one more song. Okay, you can um, uh, bang it out. This song is called "Nothing" by Bruno Major. Um, tracksuits and red wine, movies for two. We'll take off our phones and we'll turn off our shoes. We'll play Nintendo. Though I always lose Cause you'll watch the TV While I'm watching you There's not many people I'd honestly say That I don't mind losing to Cause there's nothing Like doing nothing With you
conversation We lose track of time Have I told you lately I'm grateful you're mine We'll watch the notebook For the seventeenth time I'll say it's stupid And you'll catch me crying Though we're not making out On a boat in the rain Or in a house I painted blue But there's nothing Like doing nothing With you Thank you. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you for the three performances, Chandra. Before we kill it and uh, go back to our families, do you have any shout outs you want to shout out to? Yeah, I want a little shout out to, um, I have a pen pal um, that's been, um, I've been talking to. So I, I talk to pen pals and this pen pal says that they're a better cook than me. I just want to throw this out there. If I was Remy from Ratatouille, you'd be Linguini from Ratatouille. Okay. Thank you. Uh, and then my shout out to the boys. Y'all know who you are. Uh, President Schneider, I still want to have you on the cast eventually. So stay tuned for that. Helen, get our podcast studio up and running. And uh, Alex, yo, what's up? I'll be uh, in Georgia Tech soon. So uh, make me some more of those delish cookies and uh, them pasta. All right. So uh, that's episode number nine, ten, nine. I want to say ten. You want to say 10? Well, episode number 10. I'm going to say it's nine. episode if it's if if last episode was 8, I'm just going to put 10 anyway. Okay. So, perfect. episode number 10. Thank you all for joining and uh we'll see y'all. Maybe we'll see you again before yeah, be great. I graduate. We'll have like a another guest on and you could join us again, but thank you for coming on Chandra. Happy I appreciate to be here. it. Thank you for having me. And uh this is episode 10. We'll see y'all later. Bye. All right. Oh. This piece so hard it's bound to make your chest hurt I gotta shout out to Zachary Van Buskirk Van Fan Podcast, 10 out of 10 Shout out to all the listeners, thank you for tuning in Number one in the game, top notch, top shelf Everything you need, you don't need nobody else The competition, I don't see them, they retreated You dealing with a boss, underrated, undefeated Hey, Van Fan, uh, Van Fan Podcast Number one in the game, where's crown at? Van Fan, let's go